This episode of the EV Resource Podcast is brought to you by the Electric Vehicle Fall Festival. We are only a week away from the largest electric vehicle festival in the Mid-Atlantic region and the only EV festival on the East Coast that has you and your vehicle playing around a racetrack. Come have fun with us at Dominion Raceway next Sunday, September 18th, and experience the joy of your EV without the worry of blue flashing lights in your rearview mirror. If you don't have an EV yet, that's okay. We will have an EV education zone and 20 EV models to check out, including a Rivian R1T truck, Livewire 1 motorcycle, and my personal favorite, the Arkimoto FUV. Get your tickets today at electricvehiclefest.com. Coming up this week, Aptera debuts their Gamma prototype, Rivian and Mercedes launch a joint venture, Jeep has big EV plans, and more. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to episode 120 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and interviews with industry experts. I've got another great lineup of the top EV news stories from the week for you. But as always, before we get to those, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto Entire, for their support. I've talked a lot about Titan over the last few years, but one thing I haven't really explained is why I trust them with my EVs. You see, Titan makes sure their technicians are certified to work on EVs and hybrids. They don't just hire anyone. If a tech isn't capable of working on these vehicles, they're not touching my car. I love knowing that I'm in good hands. And yes, I know EVs don't require a lot of maintenance or repairs, but aside from the dealership, who else can you really trust when your car does need attention? And honestly, sometimes you can't even trust the dealership. For me, it's gotta be Titan Auto Entire, and if you're in Central Virginia, I wouldn't recommend anyone else. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. They have three locations to serve your needs, and I promise they'll take great care of you. Once again, for more information, go to TitanAutoTire.com. Aptera is first up in the news this week. At Fully Charged Live going on this weekend in San Diego, California, the company officially debuted the full prototype, and it is looking great. Aptera has had quite the journey bringing solar electric vehicles to a reality here in the U.S. As the second iteration of the company, it unveiled its flagship Aptera solar electric vehicle in late 2020 which then was soon followed by three different alpha versions complete with a black, white, and metallic silver exterior. Earlier this year, the San Diego-based startup began sharing process of its beta version of the solar electric vehicle, which actually ended up beating a Tesla Model 3 and an Audi R8 GT Spider in a drag race. And if you haven't seen that video, I suggest you go over to Aptera's YouTube channel and check it out because it is awesome to watch. Following the beta phase, the company has moved to a new 80,000-square-foot facility slightly north in Carlsbad, California, where the upcoming solar electric vehicles will be built. In early August, Aptera began teasing its latest prototype, the Gamma. It initially began with a social media post with images of the interior that offer a clean, minimalist look, complete with an instrument cluster and center display screens. Video footage released later in the month gave the public an even closer look at the Gamma Phase Aptera vehicle. The company says it remains on track to begin ramping up scaled production next year. 
So if you are interested in an Aptera, I suggest you get in line because they have over 30,000 pre-orders, myself being one of them. And normally the reservations require a $100 deposit, but I'm going to put my referral link in the show notes and that'll actually save you $30 if you do go ahead and reserve your space in line. And honestly, I'm really trying to get as many people to use my link as possible because they're doing a referral program similar to the way Tesla did. If 26 people, 26 of you guys who are listening, use my referral link, they are going to give me, I will have earned at that point, a free base model Aptera. So naturally, I really want that to happen. It won't be likely that the Aptera I have on order will be the one that is free. I'll still have to pay for that one because all 26 people have to take delivery before the free Aptera. So I'm likely going to get mine uh, you know, well before anybody else that gets in line now. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't want a second one to use either for rentals or to give away, because I do have uh, a brother that I dearly love that would uh, probably drive one, uh, or sell it, you know, who knows. Um, But having one uh, uh, extra, if you will, would be pretty cool. So I will have that referral link in the show notes, and um, definitely expect that I will be talking about Eptera a lot more, because I want one for free, in addition to the one I have on order. Next, GM is betting that affordable and inexpensive EVs will be the best path forward for the company. Their Ultium battery platform should pave the way for a number of EVs, and their big bet, it looks like, is going to be on the Chevy Equinox EV starting next year as a 2024 model. The all-electric crossover is scheduled to go on sale in the U.S. next fall, starting around $30,000 or so. And that honestly is a price that many automakers just haven't been able to achieve as the cost to build EVs and batteries uh, has just gone up, you know, battery materials and supply chain issues, et cetera, et cetera. GM executives expect that the 2024 Equinox EV will become a high volume seller for the automaker as it transitions to exclusively offer electric vehicles and trucks by 2035. The Equinox is expected to join electric versions of the Silverado pickup, which I believe goes on sale 2024 or as a 2024 model as well. The Blazer SUV, which is going to be more expensive, and the less expensive and smaller Bolts EV and EUV models. GM's CEO, Mary Barra, last year said the Detroit automaker can absolutely catch industry leader Tesla in the U.S., With sales of electric vehicles, total sales, that is, uh, for only this country, mind you, by 2025. Those plans include more than a million units of EV production capacity in China and New York each by that time. So, side note, assuming that they sell 2 million EVs in 2025 here in the U.S., do you think that'll be more than Tesla sells here in the U.S.? There's a good shot at that. Uh, On Thursday, she told CNBC's Phil LeBeau that the automaker expects to ramp up production of the Equinox EV far more quickly than its current EVs. She said the vehicle should be close to full production by the first quarter of 2024. 
The automaker began production of battery cells this year through a joint venture with LG Energy Solution at a plant in Ohio speeding up EV output. Two other U.S. battery plants are also under construction, with a fourth plant expected to be announced soon. The Equinox EV is expected to offer between 250 miles and 300 miles of range depending on trim level and battery. Standard front-wheel drive Equinox is projected to offer 210 horsepower, 242 foot-pounds of torque, with the all-wheel drive models offering 290 horsepower and 346 pounds of torque. Despite the name, the Equinox EV shares little to nothing with the traditional gas-powered model. It has more in common with the recently unveiled Chevy Blazer, which also utilizes GM's Ultium platform and batteries. The Equinox will feature better performance than its gas-powered namesake, but falls shy of the performance of the Blazer EV, which starts at 45,000 and offers up to 557 horsepower and 648 pound-feet of torque. I want to hear from you guys on this one. Do you think the Equinox will turn the tides here in North America and allow GM to take the top spot as number one seller of electric vehicles? Next, a partnership between two companies should see more electric vans hit the commercial market. Startup Rivian and legacy automaker Mercedes-Benz have launched a joint venture to produce an electric van for the European market. Both companies have signed a memorandum of understanding to create a joint venture to produce an electric van together. The deal is still subject to the relevant regulatory clearances, but if it goes through, the two automakers will leverage an existing Mercedes-Benz site in Central and Eastern Europe to build an all-new electric-only production facility to produce the electric van in partnership. A joint press release shared this, quote, The companies envision production-optimized vehicle designs for efficient manufacturing on common assembly lines. They will aim to produce two large vans, one based on Mercedes-Benz Vans Electric Architecture, the electric-only platform of Mercedes-Benz Vans, and the other based on the second-generation electric van Rivian Light Van platform. Further options for increased synergies from the joint venture will also be explored. Now, there is no clear timeline for this project, but the company said that they would like to build the new factory within the next few years. And I think this makes a lot of sense for both companies. If it gives Mercedes-Benz access to EV technology beyond what they currently already have, and it gives Rivian a chance at entering the European market in a seemingly streamlined way. Motor Trend has gotten their hands on the Hyundai RN22e and gave an unsurprisingly glowing review. The RN22e is one of Hyundai's rolling lab cars, if you will, which would be a fully drivable concept designed to test the ideas and technologies destined to appear in future Hyundai models. In the short term, the RN22e is being used to prove out some of the hardware that will be used in the Ionic 6-based car Hyundai will enter in next year's e-touring car World Cup race series. The Ionic 6 racer will replace the Velocir N-based hatch Hyundai currently campaigns in the series and will mark the motorsport debut of the company's bespoke eGMP electric vehicle hardware. In fact, Hyundai N brand boss Till Wartenberg says the Ionic 6 racer means Hyundai will be the first automaker in the world to run a car built on a bespoke BEV architecture in the series. And more significant, learnings from the RN22e will also be baked into the first production performance EV coming from Hyundai, the Ionic 5N, which is scheduled to make its debut next year. And... 
It has been hinted that the dual-motor Ionic 5N will pack more than 500 horsepower, and based on what Motor Trend saw out of the RN22e, they figured that's pretty much a given. They did have a lot more to say on the matter, so if you're interested in reading that article, I will have a link to that in the show notes for you. And if you want to build your own EV hypercar, the Williams F1 team would like to hear from you. They are now offering for sale an EV hypercar starter kit that offers, wait for it, 2,200 horsepower. It is an insane time to be alive because Williams Advanced Engineering will happily sell you this 2,200 horsepower kit, basically an all-electric platform called EVR on which you can build your own crazy dream car on top of. Years of technology products and building Formula One and Formula E cars means that Williams has more than enough know-how to create a car from scratch. There is no vehicle development cycle more advanced or punishing than modern racing. And that's something I have said time and time again. The technology that goes into racing eventually makes its way to the production car market. Now, in this case, it's a little unique. Williams has a brand that is historically well-known for its technology, but it's not necessarily a car brand that you would buy a car from. The stats here are appropriately bonkers. 2,200 horsepower. um, Well, actually, it's 2,212 when you convert kilowatts into horsepower. A sub-two-second zero-to-sixty time. Top speed of more than 248 miles an hour and a range beyond 279 miles. And those are numbers that you would normally ignore if it weren't from, in this case, a completely reasonable source. And if you were curious, the EVR example shown by Williams is a complete chassis with a rear mid-mounted battery behind the passenger compartment. And in this version, it's an 85 kilowatt hour battery with all the necessary management systems. And placing it behind the passengers is smart because it gives vehicle dynamics similar to most mid-engined hypercars, as opposed to a traditional skateboard approach with the batteries on the floor. Up front, there's a bolt-on crash module, thank goodness, and a wicked-looking pushrod suspension that's extremely racy and F1-inspired naturally. The company says they're offering the EVR in various forms. It can support a range of electric hypercar configurations from track-only vehicles, where power-to-weight is maximized, and road-going models, both open-roof Targa and fixed-roof GT architectures. This is made possible by the architecture's central tub, which has been designed from day one to allow for such flexibility, including an open-roof design, while still featuring the very latest performance technology, such as active aerodynamics. Again, Williams isn't going to have their own car brand. This is just white-label production work for other people who will eventually add a steering wheel and uh, whatever on top of the platform. Williams says that they can tool up a concept in 12 months and a production car in just two years if the check's clear. They're looking for partners, so all you need is a dream in your heart and probably a few million dollars in startup capital. And what would you do with this platform? Me, I'd make an all-wheel drive convertible, something as similar to a Mazda Miata as possible. Granted, it would be a heavy Mazda Miata, and I'm not aware of any Miata with 2,200 horsepower. But still, I think you get what I mean. 
And the last story I have for you this week is about Jeep. The all-American brand from parent Stellantis is looking to launch four all-new EV models here in North America by 2025. And those are big ambitions for a company that hasn't exactly been making big moves in the EV space yet. CNBC shares Jeep plans to launch four new all-electric SUVs, including a luxury Grand Wagoneer and a Wrangler-inspired off-road vehicle called the Recon. The quintessential American SUV brand announced the new vehicles Thursday along with plans for half of its U.S. sales and all of its European sales to be all-electric vehicles by 2030. The sales targets are in line with prior ones announced by Jeep's parent company Stellantis. Jeep executives said the new EV models will be additions to the brand's lineup, not replacements for current models such as the flagship Wagoneer Off-Road. The announcements make for Jeep's most detailed and aggressive electrification plans to date. Previously, the brand was largely focusing on plug-in hybrid models that offer all-electric driving in addition to a traditional internal combustion engine. Jeep's CEO said during a media briefing that the company plans to achieve a goal by 2025 to become the global leader in SUV electrification. The Recon, which will be a brother to the Wrangler, and the electric Grand Wagoneer, called the S, are expected to go into production in 2024. The automaker is targeting a range of 400 miles on a single charge, 600 horsepower, and a 0-60 time of around 3.5 seconds for the Grand Wagoneer S. The brand did not announce performance expectations for the Recon beyond saying it will offer Wrangler-like off-road capability. Now, honestly, I think Jeep may be the one brand that is keeping Stellantis alive at this point. And if they want to get on with this EV plan, naturally, I'm all for it. All right, so that's your show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this with your friends and anybody that you know that is interested in electric vehicles. If you want to listen to any of the previous shows, you can find them on our webpage under the podcast section and on many of the major podcast platforms. And if you want more EV resource content, and honestly, I don't blame you, I encourage you to check out the YouTube channel as well as sign up for the monthly digital magazine. If you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click like and leave a comment on every video, and watch every video all the way through at least two times. No, I'm just joking, of course, but if you do want to take in your EV content through your eyes and not just your ears, then the EV Resource YouTube channel is there for you. We just passed 2,000 subscribers this week, and things are getting ready to heat up. That's all I'm going to say for now, but if you aren't subscribed, you likely won't find out about any of the upcoming videos. If you enjoy the podcast and feel like I've earned your support, you can head over to patreon.com slash evresource. Tiers start at $5 or $10, but you can always choose your own custom monthly amount. Uh, $5,000 a month is perfectly acceptable uh, to me. <laughs> um, no. I do want to thank Rajiv Narayan and Christopher Hall for leading the pack at the producer level. In all of these tiers, you get different perks and benefits, and one of them is a monthly chat with yours truly via Zoom, and that's kind of like a water cooler chat. So imagine you're at the EV resource office, and there's a water cooler, even though there isn't, but pretend there is, and we're all just standing around having a conversation about electric vehicles. That's kind of what it's like, except you don't have to be here. You can be anywhere in the world. Uh, aside from that, of course, you get your name read out every week at the executive producer level, and 
Uh, there are other benefits that I'm working on. So if you think you like what you're hearing and you want more of it and you want to kind of give a little bit back because, of course, this is a free podcast, then head over to patreon.com slash evresource and check it out. I invite your feedback via email to hello at ev-resource.com. The dash is very important. Otherwise, you won't get it to me. And you can always find EV Resource on social media as well, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And that is all for this podcast. So thank you so much for being with me. And I, oh, I probably won't catch you next week. I don't think I'm going to make a podcast because, of course, we've got the event, the Electric Vehicle Fall Festival. And naturally, I'm going to be busy at that. But I am going to record a podcast live next Sunday from the event. So as soon as I find time uh, the following week to do all the editing and whatnot, then I will get that posted um, or, or uploaded. So that's all, and I'll catch you next time.